Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Ethan coming at you live from the True UHQ. This is the seventh episode of the True You podcast. True You is designed to be an outlet to visit for people to discover their inner greatness and what it takes to become the best version of themselves. These are real-life conversations with amazing people and the only intention being to add value to our listeners. Today, we have <clears throat> Mr. Himyo Green on the show with us. Uh, Himyo was born with a mission to inspire people to be the happiest they can possibly be. I love that. He uh, cultivates this through the practice of Nishiren Buddhism and coaching. Um, Himyo has studied at the world-renowned Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute, and he attended Clark Atlanta University, where he graduated with a bachelor's degree in social work. And for 15 years, Himyo has dedicated his life to empowering people to believe in themselves through understanding one's strengths. Himyo provides you with the tools needed to improve the quality of your life with the use of reflective dialogue techniques. That's awesome, brother. How are you doing, Himyo? I am doing extremely well today. It's... um definitely been an enlivening day for me uh taking care of my daughter during the day and then getting some uh some new education at night so definitely happy about happy about being here with you today as well good deal man yeah you're a family man how many kids you got yeah i'm a yeah, recent family man my um my daughter is two years old so i'm i'm still uh new to the family thing <laughs> So she's cute and reckless, right? <laughs> yes, to the to the untinth degree. <laughs> They're fun at that age. Me looking from the outside in as a spectator there, that's that's fun. Um, if I amend you for that, that's uh someday I'll be there. But <laughs> hey, you don't don't gotta rush to this race. <laughs> no, no, we're not racing. This is not a race, brother. Not a race. Yeah, I actually met you through um, Zen House. Uh, the first guest in this podcast, Rico, um, had that uh, platform, and and we talked a little bit. You know, we talked about social entrepreneurship and and uh, some of your visions. And um, you also have a a podcast too, and thought that was interesting, and and wanted to bring you on to this. Um, your podcast, uh, it's The Human Experience, it's called? Yes, sir. The Human Experience, Compassion in Action. Yeah, I see the word compassion kicked around a lot on your website and, and in and the uh, podcast. Um, what does compassion in action mean to you? So compassion in action means um, creating opportunities for people to uh, truly express the joys that uh, reside with them to be able to help them um, express their joy through service uh, of helping their fellow uh, human being and uh, helping humanity move forward and evolve in a, um, in a positive manner. And so um, I throw that word compassion or use that word compassion. Um, the ka means uh, vital life force and passion is a deep, um, a deep feeling that resides within someone. And so when you put those two together, the ka and the passion, it's really about using your life force to, um, to evoke the deep feelings and emotions that you have um, for whatever it is, the task that you have in, in, in front of you. 
and being able to um, use that to benefit those in your immediate environment as well um, as that extending out and permeating through the larger world. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. Man. Um, and, and you have, was it seven questions that you ask on the, the podcast? Is that Yeah, correct, correct. So it's um, seven questions that I ask that are, there's no, there's no really right or wrong answer to them. It's literally the questions that I ask um, are just there and available to help a person express the compassion that resides within so that the audience, listener, viewer um, is able to experience the compassion of said person. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's really what it's about. I mean, honestly, the, uh, at first, uh, the first maybe like two questions really, uh, I started to use them years and years ago, uh, kind of in a way to like, as a pickup, as pickup lines, honestly, to be very transparent, um, just because it was like, I need to be able to ask question, um, of someone that would allow me to, to gain insight into like kind of how this person operates. Right. So then that, um, helps me to, um, maneuver how I want to interact with this individual. I mean, there is no right or wrong answer, but from the answers that, that a person would give, um, it just, yeah, it just gives a really, uh, for me, it really gave, um, a great insight as to how that person operates. So, um, so that's how it originally started. Um, and then as I started to, uh, to, to grow into it a little bit more, then there was just, you know, just added on some more questions that, you know, really just allowed me to, to really gain a better understanding of, 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 a, of someone. Can I get a sneak peek? Can you ask me one of the questions? I, I know you're, you're really you're triggering my curiosity here. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, so my initial, one of my initial questions and you know, you'll, you'll be going through the human experience very soon as well too. So uh, one of the initial questions is um, like, what do you trust more, your heart or your brain? You know? um, and then I'll, I'll maybe ask another, uh, well, not maybe I do ask another question later about, when was the last time you cried? Um, and, you know, I'll ask someone about what, what scares them uh, and like what their purpose is. And yeah, so, and I really, I really don't like to, to uh, give the questions out ahead of time. Although if you've listened to the podcast, you kind of know the questions that are going to be coming, but um, I usually don't prep a guest on the question um, that I'm asking because I'm looking for the most authentic uh, expression yeah. of themselves in that in that moment right so yeah well we'll save it then <laughs> we'll uh we'll have to have all these guys hop on yours to listen to my answers to those questions but i like the the flow that you've got or the the um the idea there um that's it's interesting mm -hmm. it's awesome yeah just for a stronger connection and stronger understanding yeah definitely um, so did I, uh, did I butcher that, um, pronunciation of the, is it Nichiren Buddhism? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, so you're, you're on, you're on track. Yes. It's Nichiren, Nichiren. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, uh, you phonetically sounded it out, which is what puts you on the right course for sure. Well, we're almost there. Um, I wanted to, to kind of speak with you a little bit on the, 
the Buddhism and the impact that's had on you and, and um, what you use that for that translates into your work with the human experience and with your coaching and everything that you do. Um, I just find it fascinating. You know, I was looking at, <clears throat> I mean, in the past I've heard lines from, from Buddha, like quotes and, and I've heard of some of the, you know, some of the story I'm definitely not um, very well uh through that practice but i know of it and I, I saw some quotes that really like were so just like wow when i read mm -hmm. them like to that just hit your core yeah for sure. um so, i mean tell me about your experience with uh nichiren buddhism yeah for sure uh, definitely I, I love actually uh talking about that um so I guess to, to start, uh, I was born and raised into this practice of, uh, of Nietzsche and Daishonin's Buddhism. Um, the main core principle, and, and I guess to, to go back into a little bit of the history of Buddhism, right? So there's many different forms and sects of, of Buddhism. Um, and so I think it's, it's wise to, to start there, right? And being able to draw the distinctions um, between the many different forms of Buddhism. Um, as they exist today, right? And, uh, and so from from that, like Siddhartha, the, um, the original Buddha in present time, as we know it, um, he was on a quest to, uh, to see how people really live and um, to examine how one can be uh, happy in their present forms, just as they are, right? Um, and so to de demystify the idea of what Buddhism is about and, and about like that idea of obtaining enlightenment, right? And how one is able to obtain enlightenment. So enlightenment resides within every one of us. And to demystify enlightened, an enlightened being just means that they, um, that they're, that they had like an idea or a thought or is, um, or something that is very tangible. So like when you have an idea, that's you being an enlightened, uh, an enlightened being, right? So enlightenment is not a place um, that is like this far off destination that you have to go through all these austeric practices to be able to obtain. Um, so one, you know, starting, starting from what that point, right? Like it's not uh, enlightenment is not something that is, is something that you are, um, or you can, or you have to reside to be or desire to be in for a lifetime or for these moments right so it, it comes and goes and it's fleeting just like ideas and just like whenever you um, are happy in a moment and then not happy in the next right so just within just so just within that now i'll jump forward to um the actual practice of nichiren daishonin's buddhism so nichiren was a 12th century monk who um and based in Japan. And so he went into, um, he went into the priesthood and read all of these different sutras and texts within um, that Siddhartha, the, the Buddha had written, right? Um, and it was through his studying of, um, uh, in the priesthood that he came across one of the final sutras that the, uh, that Siddhartha had written, which is called the Lotus Sutra. And in the Lotus Sutra is where uh, Siddhartha, the original Buddha, says that um, everyone is able to attain enlightenment just as they are, uh, meaning that women, um, children, all uh, you know, were, are able to obtain enlightenment. And if you read some of his prior texts, um, 
you know, it, that wasn't, that wasn't necessarily the case, right? You had to either be a man or you had to, um, you know, you had to remove yourself from society to be able to try to, uh, attain what it, one calls enlightenment. And so in the Lotus Sutra is where he says, I will finally expound the truth that you can obtain enlightenment as you are. And so Nichiren, through, um, through reading that Lotus Sutra, one of the main titles of the Lotus Sutra has Nam-myoho-renge-kyo, which means devotion to the mystic law of cause and effect through sound or teaching. And so, um, so Nichiren, 12th century monk, uh, that's why he, that's why this Buddhism is named after him because he's the one that, um, brought that to the forefront to, uh, you know, to society in 12th century Japan. Um, and that was around the time when, um, Japan was going through, uh, there was, it was a famine, feast, famine, all of this type of stuff. They were about to be invaded by the Mongols. Um, so all of that was happening in 12th century Japan and Nichiren, um, was trying to promote these teachings and, and basically faced, uh, hell and back, you know, he was almost, he was executed. I mean, trying to be executed at least like maybe three or four times. Um, he was exiled, uh, from the country, um, and all of this type of stuff. And so fast forward to, uh, later in Japan's history, there was an individual by the name of, uh, Sinitsuburo Makaguchi, who was an educator. And he was looking for um, for an educational system that would help to um, that would help for the total learning of an individual, right? So not just the root facts that are being uh, that are trying to be learned, but to help the totality of an individual. And so, in his quest for doing that, he came across Nichiren Daishonin's writings. Um, and there was a society that was formed called the Soko Kyoku Gakai, which was a value creation society. And I won't bore you with all of that, but long story short, um, you know, he, as, as Sinotsuburo Makakuchi started, uh, you know, preaching or expounding upon these educational principles, um, he went to jail for becoming a thought criminal. Um, and he also went with somebody who was his disciple at that time. Um, by the name of Jose Toda. So they both went to jail. Uh, Makaguchi died in jail as a thought criminal. Jose Toda got released from prison. Um, and this was around, uh, this was around uh, the, war, the war in Japan when all of that started. So Ooh. Jose Toda got released in um, war-torn Japan. Um, and so <laughs> used this uh, idea of Nichiren Daishonin's Buddhism to help um, basically rebuild and, and, and instill hope back into Japan. There was a, through that, he came across an individual by the name of Daisaku Ikeda, who um, is responsible for basically spreading Nichiren Daishonin's Buddhism to 192 countries and territories across the world. So I'll just stop wow. there. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on and on. Yeah, but... I feel like I just took in a lot there. I mean, that's, that's quite the... Uh... The story, man. I, you say thought criminal. I'm wondering what the hell is mm, that? Yeah. Like they rob, like, like what? What do you mean by that? So basically, if you think about what Japan was back then, it was a, um, it was a, um, militaristic and uh, um, monarch-led society, right? Um, and so the thought criminal comes into play with, uh, with Jose. I mean, uh, Makaguchi expanding upon like people have the 
um, have with their have within them the ability to um, to attain enlightenment as they are, and is talking about you know people taking self responsibility, which is then you know taking the power away from um, people being subservient to the government, to the monarchy, to the dictatorship of Japan at that time. So think about um, think about just what's going on in our country today. Um, in modern times, right? So a thought criminal um, is akin to uh, someone speaking their mind and speaking out against what is being enacted upon in the government um, and then being um, censured or quashed for uh, yeah. expounding whatever their truth may be, right? Yeah, like an act activist almost, like you're Correct. speaking out. Right? Correct. Wow. That's interesting. The word thought and think, or um, well, the word thought and uh, thinking and all that came up a few times. And I, I was staring at some quotes that I feel like now just something that's applicable for the audience from all this that just like really hits me is uh, the, some of these quotes are just amazing about thoughts that, that come from Buddhism. Um, all that we are is the result of what we have thought. Mm. I thought that was just powerful. We are what we think mm -hmm. we are arises from our thoughts with our thoughts. We make the world, which that's true, right? Everything that we have touch, see experience came from a thought. Mm -hmm. oh. And and so think about, so when you think about what that's also saying, right? So it, it's basically what that is expounding upon is our thoughts are things, right? Um, and when you, no matter what, um, religious practice you subscribe to, um, the idea of what God is or how God is manifested in this world is through, um, you know, through thoughts, through words, and through actions. And so, you know, what begins as a thought then um, gets put into words that then create actions, right? And so the ability so this actually goes back to what I uh, what I teach about in faith is simply be life, right? So the idea of that that as human beings we have the ability to think, speak, and act, which then allows creation to happen because that's the process of creation, right? And so, in effect, we are all we are gods, right? Because we have the we are we have the ability to think of something, we have the ability to to speak it. To, to life, which is the next part of the process. And then from the speaking, it comes the action, right, of, of the manifestation of it. So we, what makes us great is the ability to be able to think, speak, and act, to be able to manifest whatever it is that we thought about in this world, right? So which is, in fact, a godlike act. It, it is. It's a godlike gift to humanity, Right. Like that's something that like just the um, the power, the, the like the, what we can create with our our minds is incredible. I mean, that sets us apart from the rest of the, the animal kingdom. Right. Um, it's really interesting. I was just talking to um, another guy here on the previous podcast about the like the ideas and like the the new beliefs that we, we come up with too, and how that's already in our subconscious. It's already planted inside of us. And it makes you think about, well, where, where did that come from? Was I, do I, do I have a destiny already, a godlike destiny that's implanted that these thoughts come from? I mean, it's just, I'm getting a little deep with that, but it's just, 
interesting to think about yeah i mean exactly like just so those that has to do with in my interpretation of it right through through my buddhist lens um that has to do with like you know karma and um and being able to live previous lifetimes right um and so way the way that i explain and look at that is like if you want to know what your previous like what your previous life was like um or your previous lives were like look at the conditions that you were born into um and look at the things that you um you inherently had to deal with in this present lifetime whether that was being born into um you know an affluent family um whether that was being born into um an impoverished family whether that was being bo- um born with um a birth defect whether that was bo- born um sexual orientation a- any of all that stuff right um that you come into this life and have to to deal with right so um that's all an effect of your karmic storage bank and if you want to be able to um affect what your next lifetime is going to be like then pay attention to what it is that you're doing in in the now and the causes you are creating in the now right so then that way you are paying off the karmic debts um that that are owed to you so that way you're building up your your karmic storage bank account to be able to receive the next lifetime better than the lifetime that you were born into at this present moment right so the now is the most important because the, in the now is where you can directly affect your present and your future at the same time that's um that's really a mind twister <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, uh, that's interesting well hopefully uh future ethan's happy with what i've done on this lifetime i think i'm yeah. doing all right um, <laughs> that's that's really an interesting perspective. I mean, and that go, I, there's there's different religions. And I don't really want to get too deep into into what's right or wrong. There's no really right or wrong in my book, but um, it's just really intriguing to understand, uh, or to to like just to learn more about um, all of these different religions and and their theories and just everything. It's it's powerful. But the the one thing, like you said, it not even religious based, um, that's so true. I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard of like the Think and Grow Rich book by Napoleon Hill, but that one was the one that really led me into what you just explained, which that thoughts are things. And you're exactly right. Think, speak, act, create in that order. I mean, and it's uh it's just that that is going to be uh, spread across whatever religion every human being has that and that's such a powerful thing if you understand that grasp that concept like wow i really do have a lot of power within me i just and i need to put it to use i need to create you know use my thoughts yeah i mean it, it, even from so like yes i'm i was born and raised as a buddhist right but it's like I've also been able to go to like churches, mosques and, you know, synagogues and all of that. Right. Um, and my true belief on the idea of religion, um, as it's been taught to us is like all of that started in the same place. And, um, you know, when you, when you pull the layers back there, they, they're basically saying all the same things. When you talk about the, um, the three most prevalent religions in, um, modern society, right? They all come from like the same root. And it was just like they, they once they started growing, just like any, just like in any tree, you have the, the branches that grow in different directions, right? Um, on coming from the same tree. So I look at it from that pr- kind of perspective, 
like it's all the same root um, and there's just different branches. And it's not to say that one branch is um, better than the other um, when at the end of the day, it all comes from the same thing. So, you know, when you when we look at it from a um, a closed lens, um, you know, then that's when that's when all of the divisiveness and the um, and all of the uh, infighting starts. Right. And then that's when the the tree actually starts to, uh, you know, the tree starts to rot, you know. So that's why another thing that I, I like to, to, to teach upon is like being able to get to the roots because in the branches is nothing but confusion. So once you get to the root of the problem, that's when you can really uh, work at uprooting it um, and and planting a new tree there. I love that. Can you say that? Like, okay, so the the root, the branches can cause nothing but confusion. That's with really anything that's going on in our lives when we want, when we need to address something or change. It's like, what's the core? What's the foundational belief? Like, what are you know? That's 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 a great analogy. I might steal that from you if that's okay. We know that you said it's it. It's all good, podcast, brother. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> each one, each one. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love that though. It's and that's really what it does come down to is what's actually going on here. Let's let's go back to the first chapter. Let's let's sink. You know what's what's at the core of this issue, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, how it goes. Yeah, powerful stuff, man. Um. One other quote that I just we can go off in whatever direction after this, but um, one that really um, struck me as well that I took from the the little Buddhism search that I had done before our podcast was, um, it is better to travel well than to arrive. Hmm. You heard that one before? Not quite, but I, I I get it. I definitely get it. Um, it is better to travel well than to arrive, right? I think that that has to do with um, being more enthralled with the journey than the actual destination. Right. Um, And so the way that I interpret that is like you're thankful for the destination because um, because that just gives you a a course to to plot. Right. It just gives you a a particular direction to go um, when you have a destination. Right. It gets you it gets you going. But really what it's about is about what you learn in the course of getting to that destination, if you ever even reach it, right? Because it's not really necessarily about the direction. That is just like the the um, the carrot in front of the donkey, <laughs> you know, basically. Um, so, you know, yeah. and, and it just allows you to just to move. Um, and so that's why it's always good to just have a, have a destination in mind um, without particularly being um, obsessive about, reaching the destination because then you miss everything that you 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 miss all of the beauty that comes along with um with the with the journey of it you know i love your interpretation that's what that's that's what i felt too is like that travel well that means just the joy of the journey the the um immersion of yourself in the journey and and allowing that to be what it is um that was just a super um impactful quote for me to read there and it's it's interesting that ties right into 
uh, what we talked, what you mentioned to me before we even hopped on this podcast. It's like, hey, man, like where you're at, like with the, the platforms and the equipment, it's like, you know, I'm biting off as much as I can bite. And then I'm going to chew that up and mm-hmm. then I'll take another bite. And that's the journey for me. Right. And I, I've got the carrot in front of me. I know where I'm going, but this is just part of my journey. And and I'm enjoying where I'm at now and and, um, you know, looking towards the next step, obviously. But um, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing to think about life as just enjoy that journey yeah. of life. We don't want to we don't want to live our entire life without yeah, actually. Exactly. Living. I mean, and, and, it, and it also um, is an opportunity to, um, to work on appreciation and gratitude, right? Um, like one of the things that I would to just, uh, you know, be fully transparent, I was just in a therapy session yesterday. And, um, some of the things that I was talking about with my, uh, with my therapist was like, had to do with, um, you know, appreciating, like, like I have a, uh, excuse my language, but you know, there's a, there's a a get shit done list versus a got shit done list. Right. Um, and a lot of the times we, we focus on, or let me just keep it to myself. A lot of the times that I focus on the, the get shit done list. Right. Um, and it's like, you know, when I'm focused upon that, there is a lot of, uh, pain and there's a lot of, uh, for me, a lot of negativity that runs into that because it's like, damn, you know, like it, it never feels like there's enough um, or that I'm doing enough when I'm looking at the the, um, the get it done list. And it's like, all right, if I didn't get whatever it was, like, let's say, um, you know, on my on my vision board, I have workout four times a week. So it's like if I didn't work out those four times in this week or I didn't work out at least one time in the week, you know, um, when I focus on that it's like it, it's depleting the energy reserves that I have. Right. And it allows for the negative self speak to, um, to be amplified when I'm focusing on the, um, that I did not get it done. Right. Because it's, cause it's on my list, which actually goes back to that prior quote that you were just talking about. But then, you know, um, but then also having, knowing that I have a, a got shit done list. Right. And I can look at that and see all those things that I have checked off and the things that I have done and and focus on you know when i focus on that it's a it's a um an energy builder right it's a it's a confident builder because it's like yo i did i i may have not have gotten that done but look at all the things that i have gotten done look at what i did accomplish for today you know and so it's a it's a when i focus on that it's not a disregard of like the stuff that i still need to get done it's more of where i'm placing my focus on about you know, here's what I have gotten done. And yes, those still need to get done too. Um, you know, it's, it's not a, an avoidance thing. It's just, I'm going to choose to put my energy here on what I did get done because that allows for me to appreciate myself more as opposed to beat up myself about all the stuff that I haven't gotten done. Cause there's always going to be something that needs to get done. So why not focus on what you have gotten done? Even if it's a half a step forward from um, from the day before, right? A step forward is a step forward, mm-hmm. inch, uh, inch, milli inch, mile, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, and so don't get caught up in the fact that you still got miles to go, but in those miles are the inches. So you have to appreciate the inches and celebrate the, the wins wherever mm-hmm. you can get them. That's, yep. That's actually what I just had written down to celebrate wins. Um, you know, we don't want to 
you know, close down the bar every time that we uh, do the laundry, but um, celebrating the wins and, and appreciation. I love how you use the word appreciation like that. You live in that you folk, you, you like the get shit done list has a big sense of lack, you know, when you're immersed in that, I feel like you're losing out on like you're talking about, man. I mean, don't live in that space. You know, don't focus all your energy on that space. I know I'm just reiterating what you said, but letting it sink in here too. Um, yeah, that's dude. interesting. That's what it's uh, that's what it's about. That's the beauty of therapy. Um, <laughs> to, to help, uh, you know, um, to help with the distinctions of that, right? Because um, I was definitely bogged down in it, and was definitely, you know, heading down that that negative uh, self talk spiral. Um, when I know that there is so much that I, that I have chosen to take on, it's not a lot of like, it's not like a lot of the stuff on my, on that list is things that I've chosen to do, not that are um, being forced upon me to do. So there's also, you know, there's also a, a, a sense of, um, responsibility in like, that's something that's chosen, bro. So you don't have to choose to, um, to revel in that pain, you know, like, what is that going to, what is that really doing for you um, or doing for me, right? To live in that pain of, um, of not, not getting stuff done, which then leads to not feeling um, confident in who I am or confident in my abilities um, because it's like, oh man, you know, and it, and it starts to um, bring up a, like an imposter syndrome and all of these negative um, negative, negative things. And like, that's the tricky thing about being able to become the master of your mind, right? Knowing the the little nuances that will start to play uh, when they say the mind's playing, your mind's playing tricks on you. They're like all the little tricks that your mind will start to, um, to present you to help you um, become small and be and live in that scared space and live in that that scarcity mentality. Um, when there is just an, a wealth of abundance available to you, should you choose to shift your mindset towards that? Mm. Master of your mind. Uh, it, is there, <clears throat> so if you're experiencing negative self-talk, like we're, we're human, I know I still I, I've experienced that a lot. Is there something that you do um, as, as well as obviously the get list and the got list, but like, do you use affirmations? Is there anything that you use to, um, get out of uh, that? Yeah, state? for sure. I mean, that goes back to, there's a, just quite a few, quite a few amount of things that I use. Um, but yeah, for sure. Definitely. My foundation is going back to my Buddhist practice, um, and, and putting in the time in front of my, um, in front of my altar, um, and, and literally praying, um, and making that part of my, you know, my regular routine um, during a day, um, because in those moments, it's like having a, a conversation with self, um, and then being able to, to focus on my gahunzen, um, which is basically which we call in, in our practice, the gahunzen is a mandala that Nietzsche described, I mean, inscribed. Um, and so we liken that to a mirror, right? Because on the Gonzan is everything from your lowest, lowest life conditions all the way to the highest life condition, which is Buddha, Buddha Safa, right? And so to be able to 
sit in front of there and have this um, this dialogue with self uh, and tapping into the things that I am fo- that I want to focus on getting done um, and then also focus on like, yeah, all my wishes and all my desires, both good and bad, um, and, and basically have that conversation and, and um, dialogue with the universe, right, for with with um, from my enlightened self, right? That's really what's kind of going on when I'm, when I'm chanting. And, um, so yeah, so that's one of them, uh, definitely reading, um, you know, reading all kinds of things, definitely having various affirmations right now. I am learning about, uh, about trading, um, uh, trading the markets. So there's like, there's this thing called the, uh, the trader's creed, that I am definitely like embedding into my, into my, um, my, my heart, um, that creed. So that's a new affirmation and the way that that's applying to life. Um, yeah, reading, being around my, being around my daughter and the things that I'm able to be able to learn from her, um, is another manner. Focusing on your, yeah, your environment. I I like using music music too. Um, yeah. Yeah, all all good stuff. The the sphere, the people that you have around you, um, yeah, uh, mastering your mind, right? It's a forever ending practice that that uh, that'll make you abundant if you learn how to fall into that, um, and just focus on what can I do to to grow today? What what's the best use of my time? What you know, and reading. Um, even just building a simple habit of reading 10 pages of a, a good book a day can change your life, Correct. your entire life. Correct. Just making the decision to do that, making the decision to, you know, I'm going to make five phone calls to people that I find value in today. Little ass things like those can just completely um, yeah. alter the direction and of your life. Especially to the degree know? that you're consistent with doing that. Right. And, the, and disciplined with doing that. Um, and because when you look at like the high, um, like high value earners or people that most likely that you look up and respect in the world, they have a very, um, they have a, they have a system that they are committed and disciplined to that has allowed them to achieve the success that they've had in their life. However, they, however, they've defined that success and however you define success for yourself. Um, when you, you know, pick those, those people and those targets, um, there's, they're very much disciplined in the way that they operate on their day to day. And that's, what's allowed them to, uh, to get to the, achieve the things that they have achieved in their lives. So the real lesson. Right. Yeah. They, they, Correct. they build these habits, right. They, they continue to focus on what, what habits are not serving me, what ones are and, and what do I need to change and what do I need more of, what do I need to do less of, um, system too that's a powerful word i mean save yourself time energy and money i was taught that um a few years ago is the, the, what that stands for and it's true i mean create a system for hmm. your life right? wait re- re- repeat be that district. one back to me bro like, that was that's a hell of an acronym you just put out there please yeah let me, i need to hear that one again save yourself time energy hmm. and money is what system stands mm. for. Um, Man, mm. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, it's, yep. I gotta write that one down. You can steal that one. I stole the, I stole the roots to your <laughs> tree. You. you can steal my system. <laughs> so, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just like finding out how to take things happening in life and funneling it and filing it and making it so it's not such an overwhelming experience. Like people are too overwhelmed by life. Just let life happen, but treat it, be disciplined about Save it. Save yourself time, money, energy. I mean, time, energy, and money. Okay. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, yeah, I gotta, I gotta write that down for sure. Um, all good stuff, man. Uh, as we're kind of creeping up to the tail end here, what's what's good in your life right now? I know you got the daughter, you got, um, you know, your uh, podcast, the Human Experience, the Seven Questions, the the Buddhism. What what are you? Is there anything else you're up to? What do we need to know about? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, like today? I said, I got there's a there's a lot of stuff that I'm up to, um, but uh, like one of the main things um, is definitely checking out that Hecka Moment. Um, that my website, heckamoment.com and being able to uh, jump into that coaching world. Um, So I specifically am looking to work with individuals who have um, nonprofit organizations um, or some type of charitable organization who are looking to create a sustainable impact in the communities that they serve. Um, And so, yeah, that's my, that's one of my main focuses is uh, working with individuals like that to to create that system of sustainability uh, within their charitable organizations, so that way um, they can have a, a a consistent impact in their target populations. Um, and what that looks like is being able to work with them to come up with um, what kind of programming that they want to do or, or instill um, consistently with their programs. And my main um, demographic are athletes and entertainers um, who have those kind of organizations and working with them to be able to to make that sustainable impact in their populations that they're looking to serve. Beautiful. And that's HECA moment. Is that H-E-C-A that is moment.com? HECA stands for Humans Expressing Compassionate Actions. Great deal. Is there any uh, social media handles anywhere else we can find you? The podcast is the human experience. Correct. That's on um, that yeah, site. Yeah, my right? uh, my my so. socials. You can definitely get at me at um at Hecka at Hecka moment <laughs> on um on IG uh, for sure. Yeah. Awesome, brother. Well, um, it was great having you on. Uh, it gave me a fresh perspective. It was a really interesting subjects, and uh, I'm sure folks got some good nuggets out of this one and um him you know, i'm sure we'll be catching up here soon i'm excited to hop on yours yeah I, I, i'm excited to have you thank you so much for um for taking the time out of your day to be able to uh to have me on um you know yeah because the the way that we got connected i also want to thank enrico um very good brother definitely um definitely has added value to my life since my knowing him um, for these past, what, maybe two, maybe three years. Um, so yeah, thank you to him as well, because he is the, uh, he's the seed that allowed this to, uh, to grow, um, me getting to know you and, um, yeah, man, thank you for the opportunity. I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. We appreciate you too. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening.